Welcome back, Dog Nation. Turkey Day is upon us. It's creeping up. It's rivalry week, and it's clean old-fashioned hate. The Bulldogs are about to take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's going to be a banger, and I hope it's really over by halftime. Y'all know what it is. We back. It's Dogs Off the Leash. So, honestly, one of my favorite times of the year. While football is winding down, we have, you know, fall's been in full swing, and we're really at that uh, that middling part right before winter gets here and Thanksgiving. While some people are trying to overlook it, people want to jump from Halloween to Christmas. I ain't really about that. I'm looking forward to – I'm always looking forward to the Thanksgiving meal, and then by the time I'm halfway through my plate, I'm already miserable. But – you know, it is football season still, and Thanksgiving means football, so a lot of people are going to be watching all of the rivalry games, which you mentioned in the intro, along with NFL. It is not just turkey, but football all day long, and what more could you ask for? Keegan, uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend or this week as the hectic holiday season really kicks off? So many games, man. Like, I I don't even know if I'll be able to really watch all of these, so I'm slightly disappointed on that. But overall, just our pick six is for me is a pick seven this week because I I got too many games. We got number two, uh, OS uh, Ohio State University facing off against number three Michigan. Big playoff implications. Absolutely, the implications. The implications. We got Florida traveling down to Florida State, a ranked number 16 in the nation, Florida State team. Can they pull the upset? You know, S, you know, South Carolina just pummeled Tennessee, crushingly ended all all but the last of their hopes. Ooh, to we make got so much to talk about. Boy, I mean, we so can much. get into that. But they're traveling to face off against Clemson, who also is trying to make a push. You know, and they they could play spoiler and really put their season in a good spot. They really can. They really can. Uh, App State, which is a game that they're traveling to play Georgia Southern. Oh, I did not realize that was a good one. That's a good one. That's Uh, a banger. Yeah, we got the Oregon rivalry. You got number nine Oregon versus uh, the twenty traveling to Corvallis, which is a beautiful place everyone should visit to play the twenty-one ranked Beavers and. The other huge game that I really will focus on watching overall is uh, the number 15th ranked Notre Dame team traveling to USC. Mm. Number six ranked USC, who's really trying to make that push. And honestly, it's a good weekend. Like, I'm, I'm just, this is just my little two cents on the where I want things to go. The whole playoff thing's up for grabs. Alabama's thinking they're back in the conversation. Honestly, at this point, they might be. And, for me, I want to see USC make it into the playoff. Like, I want them – that's kind of the team I want to see Georgia play. Like, selfishly, like when I was a kid and Georgia was getting snubbed in years that they would have been in contention had it been 
playoff years, you know, USC was the team that was hot back then. Like Pete Carroll had them boys doing everything. Even when they weren't the national champions, they were in the discussion. Uh, they played off, they lost that one year against Texas. And I mean, they were, that was kind of their dominating stretch. And I, I like that brand overall. And I think it's uh it'll be a good moment where Georgia kind of like gets a win over that brand. Like mm. I know it's just, it's, it's, it's not like a rivalry. It's like, where, where do we really find the meaning there? But I like the matchup number one. And number two, I want to see Georgia get a win like that over a big program that honestly the media probably wants to make it into the playoff over a team like TCU, who's kind of like, you know, a fringe brand, but like, you know, a pretty good team. So that's just like my two cents on uh, <laughs> where my eyes will be at this weekend. But yeah, a ton of good games. Like you said, Thanksgiving is going to be packed full of some good NFL games. I don't even know who's playing, honestly. Who is playing? For, uh, of, I'd have games? to check the. I'd have to check the slate. Okay. I want to say it's. I want to say it's Cowboys and the Giants okay. on Thursday, and then Minnesota, New England, Minnesota, okay. New England, and not only not only that, but we actually play this weekend too in fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah another yeah. wrinkle. Another wrinkle. But um, yeah, we, the playoff the playoff scenario is about to get wild. But, you know, starting with the number one team in the playoffs this week, the University of Georgia ended up escaping Lexington with a win. 16 to 6, freezing temperatures, slug fest, defensive. A lot of Kirby goes into these pressers and tells the media all the time, like, y'all remember the last couple of years we played them. It's been the, one of the most physical games that we've played. And everybody's like, ah, you're number one. You're going to win. And, and lo and behold, Kentucky comes out after losing, uh, you know, an embarrassing game at home last week and really gives Georgia all that they can handle. Granted, we didn't play well. We got the Stetson Bennett version that, uh, you know, is not spectacular. But again, when it's cold, teams tend to run the ball a little bit more. And that's exactly what Georgia did on the day with Kenny, uh, Kenny Mack rushing 19 times for 143 yards and a touchdown. We rushed 247 for 247 yards versus Kentucky's 89 yards. And we talked about Chris Rodriguez, who has led the SEC before in rushing and is still dominant today, not as much as last year, but we still, um, you know, dominated the aspect of the game. Things that we struggled with were fourth down conversions, short yard gains to get the first and then goal lines some of the things we saw last year against florida but again a lot of people want to chalk that up to todd munkin not wanting to put everything your best plays out on film right now because we're getting ready for the real stretch that's uh coming down but i uh, also wanted to shout out smile Munden and jdj for good performances stopping the run of kentucky uh the buckus award finalist now and jdj has had a great year filling the shoes of the likes of Nicobe Dean. So hats off to him. Keely Ringo had a really good interception. And I just think it's funny how this week in particular, again, Tennessee fans who, though they lost, they're still chirping out there a little bit about how they played Kentucky so much better than we did and how that's uh, proof that they would beat us on a neutral site if it wasn't raining uh, and yada, yada, yada. But it was a bunch of teams who struggled this weekend. It was Ohio State, TCU, and Michigan all getting wins. And then we also need to talk about the upsets that happened. You mentioned them already. Volunteers got blasted by South Carolina. Vandy ended up beating Florida. And then Georgia Tech shocks 
North Carolina and Heisman hopeful Drake May. So it was just a weekend of people overlooking some programs and a lot of people suffering for it. A lot of good football this last weekend. I was channel flipping back and forth. It was a it was a good one. They need to get a you know like a college football red zone channel or something. Like it, it was it was hard to keep up with, honestly, but a lot of good football. And yeah, that that uh South Carolina Tennessee game was insane. I swear what they did is they started playing sandstorm at the beginning and they never turned it off <laughs> i know they only play it when they score touchdowns but they didn't stop scoring so i just i couldn't tell that you know they'd ever uh had a had a hitch in the music so i mean south carolina scored nine touchdowns against tennessee and uga has given up nine touchdowns in i think eight conference games this year just funny, to, that's nuts funny that's story so i'm watching it back and forth and i've had a long long day and guys i wake up real real early so uh, you know I'm, I'm pushing my i'm redlining to try to watch this game but i'm really into it and it hits the 30s and i fell asleep and woke up at one in the morning and i woke up in a panic i was like what happened <laughs> like i was honestly like nervous because i wanted to know the outcome and honestly i wanted kind of tennessee to slip because I didn't really want to see them for entertainment sake and for the matchup sake, you know, like, for sure. For sure. So, you know, even though I do get, you know, goof on what they're saying, neutral field, but I don't want to see it to come true, even though I don't believe it will. So that said, I wanted, you know, Tennessee to lose. So I look up the score and it says 63 to something. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking at damn basketball. Yeah. That can't be right. I, I, I really thought, right. I, I thought I was like, but 63, I was like, no way. And I just started laughing, man. I was I could not believe it. I mean, they basically stopped they basically stopped uh Tennessee from scoring from about where I fell asleep. And they just I guess poured it on, you know. But Spencer Radler had six touchdowns. I mean He had one of those days. He had one of those again, he was getting a lot of that hype at for the Heisman back at Oklahoma in his first year. And he <laughs> I mean, I I'm living in South Carolina. It's like overall the uh the thing the thing here is is that Spencer Rattler is really setting himself up for next season, you know, and Facts. that's the kind of thing that you know the fans are going to be confident about Facts. in uh, Gamecock country. But yeah, I think Georgia. When I'm watching the game, I see Will Levis give this inspirational speech, and I'm like, oh, buddy, like this ain't the this this ain't the same. <laughs> Kentucky last week like they're they it's, look it's not gonna happen that it's not gonna happen that way especially when Georgia comes to town they're gonna always give you their best so, so they did and honestly I I guess maybe I jinxed this guys I'll I'll take the blame but you know I said Will Levis hadn't done anything and then he came out and he was slinging, slinging it in a cold game and I guess maybe my only you know running theory here is that Stetson heard his Heisman hype and started throwing ducks deep downfield for no apparent reason other than to you know turn the ball over i mean i i uh i get i'll maybe take wind into account but i i just felt like we played the game we needed to it wasn't very sexy but stetson didn't look like he was in the right frame of mind passing the ball the wind was a factor it's cold uh the the one thing that we can kind of talk about is Going forward on fourth down, you're on, you know, op opponent's goal line. You're trying to push the ball in. You got one yard. You got Jalen Carter and company. And 
we we didn't get that. And even worse, Kentucky turns around <laughs> and pulls off a magnificent 99-yard drive. Uh, what were your thoughts in, in that moment in the game? And, I mean, it almost seemed like Kentucky really had a chance, but, we, I mean, here we are. We gave we gave him a chance again. If you punch that in, uh, you know, at the goal line, the, the it goes from, uh, what was it? Was it thirteen at the time before we had that last field goal? It goes to 20, 20, 20 zero versus missing that, and then Kentucky driving and making it, um, thirteen six before we go get the field goal. So, and those are the little things again that change the outcome of a game. I think that we were in control, but at the same time, you got to think about the grind of a season. The last SEC game, we're number one, Georgia Tech next week. At this point, once we get up on teams, same way we did Tennessee, which is why we didn't score 40 on them, we really go to the possession uh, the possession game. We really look to just kill the clock and just kill their opportunities. And in this game, it was the same thing. It just happened to be a little bit of a closer margin, and the offense wasn't exactly where we needed to be, where we wanted it to be. But, again, a win is a win is a win, and – Sometimes you sometimes you take that when the conditions aren't perfect when you're on the road. Sometimes being conservative, which Kirby has been blamed for doing, sometimes it does come in handy, and I think it really helped us close out that game. And we and defense just kept making stop after stop after stop, even when Kentucky was in good a really good position to make something happen. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is that sometimes it's like not necessarily the wrong call, but when everyone really is expecting the run. I mean, if you if you I guess sometimes it really depends on the defensive stunts and kind of like what they're really thinking is about to happen. And some of that's almost kind of like luck, I guess. It's almost like a penalty kick and the goalie's going one way and, you know, the shooter's stopping or kicking deep or whatever they're trying to do. And I I just think like we should probably just put a note if I'm the you know Georgia coaching staff, just hey. Sometimes let's open it up in those situations just because if they do guess the gap right and they're really all in on that run, I mean, we saw what happened and it just kind of looked like kind of stupid. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So it is, not- and sometimes it's just execution. It, it's really not – again, we it was the same thing last year at Florida. We struggled to do it a couple times, and then we end up going on a playoff run and winning the national championship. It's a story. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's there, but I promise you, like, when we need it, it's not going to be just ISO run up the gut. Yeah. We got tight ends for days. We have a creative play caller. It's not It's not going to be an issue, but it wasn't a game, but we won. And again, to win on this weekend was a big thing. I listed the teams that won, and we talked about the teams that struggle. Uh, we talked about the volunteers getting blasted. I just want to take a brief second before we move on to some of the other struggling teams to give Hendon Hooker, who it's been confirmed that he tore his ACL, just a quick shout out because he has been not only great for the University of Tennessee and the season that they had, but he has been great for college football. I think he has been a really um, a good leader for the team, but a really a really good role role model. So, if for lack of a better term, um, for his part, it being the face of college football when they were really really pushing the polls, like he had a great season. But I think he was a really good guy, and you always hate to see anybody go down, but. Um, Quick shout out to Hendon Hooker and the season that he had. Yeah, he had a Heisman candidate season, and this the way when he slipped or whatever went down that just sucked seeing. And 
I think overall, safe to say Hendon Hooker has an NFL future ahead of him, and we will be probably seeing him shine on Sundays before too long. So wish him the best for sure. And then um talked about Vandy over Florida. It's I don't know what Vandy's got going on, but they are starting to put some things together. Looking at the stat sheet, you would not have thought that Vandy would have came out with this win because Anthony Richardson probably played his best game as a Florida Gator. The kid threw <laughs> the kid threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns and a loss. But Vandy, Vandy got it done. It looked like mostly they stuck with the ground game. Nothing sexy, but hey, a win is a win is a win. And Florida was supposed to be trending up with Vanderbilt staying stagnant or trending down. And that has changed. That has changed in a moment. And another team that is trending up, which Georgia fans are very familiar with, is Georgia Tech. Again, Drake May was getting a bunch of hype at North Carolina. They were ranked number not nine when this happened. I want to say something like that. Like They were. Top 10 or close to top 10. Heisman hopeful again. He threw one interception and was sacked six times on the day. Goodness. 21 to 17 by Tech. And I, I, I kind of like that Tech really got this win at this time because they are really coming out of their shell since they fired Joff Collins. But now we won't take them for granted, which was every, which was every football game this weekend. Somebody taking a team for granted and getting knocked off. But, um, yeah, Tech finally fires Joff Collins and their AD, Todd Stansberry. And from what it looks like, Tech is making a move and showing that they are willing to go all in on their football program. I think the University of Georgia winning a national championship might have had something to do with that. But they went and got Alabama's AD, exec, or exec deputy AD, Jay Bat. And from what I'm hearing from reporters – that follow Georgia Tech, they're also thinking about putting all of their NIL money into the football program. So again, all hands on deck, all in. And then their the head coach now, Brent Key, who was an assistant under Joff Collins while he was there, has stepped in. And this team is just playing very inspired, inspired football because of him. They are playing hard. They don't even have the roster really to do what he needs or any college football team. And in the country needs, but they are still getting it done playing with a third and a fourth string quarterback. They have wins over Pitt, UNC, which was number nine and, and then Virginia tech since this coach has taken over. And while I'm not super worried about Georgia tech at the moment to see Vanderbilt take a step forward and Georgia tech, two teams that are on Georgia's schedule every year, it's mm-hmm. good for strength of schedule. But again, you need to be careful. Cause like, when you're at the top, it's easy to kind of look down on these cupcakes and these struggling teams. But yeah, most of Georgia Tech's good wins this season are starting to it together. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, scary. So we gotta we gotta come correct. I mean, yeah. It's gonna be an early game, but yeah, hopefully we just go in and do what we need to do and move the line of scrimmage. But Georgia Tech, like you said, is hey, this is where we're at in college football. I think it's like it, it's always kind of been how it's been in SEC football, but just across the board. You know, like Georgia Southern's not a bad team now. Like <laughs> pretty much any program that's got, you know, you build it, they will come. That's pretty much true. And I think people are seeing that more and more, uh, even to where, you know, you, you put Deion Sanders down there in, in a league below and now they're kicking ass. You know, it's just like if you're doing a good thing at your program, you're putting the, you know, the right people in place, you're putting the money where it needs to go. Georgia Tech's in Atlanta, man. Like, honestly, 
they're really dropping the ball. They're in Atlanta, and they're in Georgia. Yeah, they have opportunities. They, they should be doing so much more. Like, you see what some of these other schools can do in metropolitan areas, like, period. So, and they're in the ACC. So, it's like, they're really, their competition is weak. They're an ACC school in Georgia. But that the fact remains that if you go look on Wikipedia, like we do, and when we're researching these things, Georgia has been ultra, ultra dominant the last 25, dare I say, 50 years overall. I mean, they had a stint in the 90s, but they haven't had too many stints. Their wins are few and far between on us. Um, You got to go back to like the 40s and 50s to see where Georgia Tech really had a run on us. And, you know, it's we run this state is a true statement, but overall – I like it when tech is good. Like I want tech to be a team that is strong, like on our schedule overall. And just to be frank, I've, you know, I root for tech to do well overall. Like I genuinely want their program to do well. I just don't, uh, you know, when it comes time to play Georgia, I hope Georgia beats them by 50 points every time. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird kind of thing, but you know, they're from the state of Georgia. I'm, I'm as much a Georgia Homer especially for football where, you know, I think pound for pound, Georgia's the best state for football, period. Like all the other states that even are in question are much larger and have way more people. So pound for pound, to me, Georgia is the king football producing, athlete producing state. And, hey, Tech tech could be on the come up if they really got their thing together. But I like this trend of having alma mater, you know, coaches and Brent Key used to play for Tech. Um, he's a tech alum and, you know, segue that to what Cadillac Williams is doing and, you know, how that, you know, teams play inspired. So there's something to be said about energy. Uh, I know the Detroit lions suck, but if Dan Campbell was my coach in his name, uh, if, you know, he's just one of those guys, you know, speaking of inspiring figureheads. So, Hey, it, it's, it's a big factor. What's up? And and Tech is doing this without Jameer Gibbs, who essentially got poached and go to Alabama. So if if they can keep some sort of consistency, and if Brent if Brent Key is the key to that, you're gonna you're gonna see some more wins over the course of time. Again, it's Atlanta there in Georgia. If they can pick up some steam, you still have people who grew up Georgia Tech fans, and it really won't take long to build a good program, especially if the university decides, hey, we're gonna go all in on this. So, so yeah. And the only thing that gives me a bit of confidence, again, their roster is not really built to compete with the likes of Georgia right now. They are, they are dealing with a slew of injuries at so many positions, so many different units. Again, their quarterback situation, they're doing a two quarterback system essentially right now. Their third string seems to be more of the passing quarterback and then their fourth string quarterback, which I cannot say his last name and I will not even attempt it seems to be more of their goal line, uh, read option, RPO type of quarterback. So we're going to see a little bit of everything and count on them to be really creative with trying to pull out everything. Again, they're five and six on the season, but a win over Georgia, that's that's enough for a couple seasons. They'd never let us forget about it. So And bowl eligible. you know, And too. that would give them bowl eligibility. So they're going to fight for this. They're going to fight for this win. While last week was freezing in, in Kentucky, it looks like there's going to be some really wet conditions with the rain coming in to this area this weekend. So look for 
maybe not so much run heavy, but definitely, definitely some similar uh, patterns to, to last week, just with the turnovers and passing game, not being where you want to lean on. So uh, Keegan, do you have, can you give me a score prediction? What you think that we end the season with? Can we go 12 and 0? does tech upset us? And what would the margin be if you like a loss or a victory? Well, you know, considering it's senior day, even though Tech is, pl- uh, you know, not a team that we're necessarily playing up to the competition of, I think Georgia's going to bring it. I think the seniors are going to want to finish on a strong note to be, you know, w- one of uh, many senior classes that has swept Tech throughout. So score prediction being, I like Georgia scoring 52 points. Sorry, Tech fans, 52 to nine dogs on top 52 to nine give me 48 give me 48 10 um i think once this again i think this is going to be one of those games where we get a big lead and then you start seeing our second third fourth string get some playing time at the end because we're we're looking to better things 12 and 0 will be a great landmark for these seniors and i think that'll mark them as one of the winningest winningest groups in georgia history you'll hear all the things come senior day but i also wanted to just give a quick shout out to the seniors that we'll be honoring but keep in mind because of the covid year a lot of these players will have the option to come back. Um, some, like Stetson, I believe, have used up their full eligibility at this point. <laughs> but some of the seniors will have the option to come back. So I, I don't have I don't have the exact names and who that is, but you'll you hear all about that on Saturday uh, at noon kickoff. But Warren Warren Erickson, Robert Beal, Jack Podlesny, Kenny Mack, Chris Smith. Nolan Smith, who we've lost for the season to the Peck, Stetson, and then Kiaris Jackson. Just some of the names I wanted to highlight going into senior day. I am sure there are more that I'm missing. None of you have forgotten. Everybody plays a role in a football team, whether you're just practice squad, third string, second string, what have you, starter, champion. It's it's important because that's what's made the culture. That's what's made this team. Iron sharpens iron. So if you're practicing with the ones every day, you are helping them whether or not you believe it. So shout out to all the seniors who have given their all to this program in in Kirby's tenure here and been a part of really something special with the Natty. But uh, Keegan, lead us into the uh, pick six, and then we're going to get ready to bring on uh, a special guest after this podcast, and we can talk about some of these Thanksgiving dishes. Woo-wee! What a gravy at. Number three, Michigan has a lot to prove. Like they got just throttled by us in the postseason last year. So they've been playing pretty good when they're traveling to number two, Ohio state. This is kind of the biggest game considering it'll kind of decide what the fates are. I think Michigan really has more to play for here. So considering their rank third perception is a loss for them. Yes. Not yeah. Perception is is that Ohio State is the clear one two. You know, there's a a pretty good separation between one two three and four. So, uh, I I like Michigan here. What who who are you? What do you think, man? Do you think Michigan can can do that, or is it going to be an ugly game? Okay, to be, to be honest, just looking at both the teams, I always kind of bag on Michigan because their offense is a little lackluster but you always said last year that sometimes if you're just good at what you do that doesn't matter but hear me out even though it's at ohio state football now you gotta you gotta consider the cold weather 
And if there is one team that is built defensively, running the ball, holding possession, cold weather style football versus a high octane offense, which tends to struggle a little bit in cold weather, mm -hmm. I'm going to go Michigan due to the cold and their style of play over Ohio State here. And also that will keep them at that'll put them at number two in the playoffs and probably even keep Ohio State at number four if we're being serious. So like while it's an important especially game for Ohio State, especially if it's close. Exactly. It's more important to them in Ohio State in the back of their mind, they know if we put on a good showing, we're gonna stay number four. Honestly, <laughs> the committee would love to put them at number one if they could, but <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. So give me Michigan. Hey, I like that. I like that. Okay, so number Florida at Number 16, Florida State. Are they going to rebound? Or, I mean, that would be a, a big upset, and they're on the road. Was, what do you think? I think this is – I really still believe in uh, Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson throwing for 403 touchdowns last year. I think you build off of that. You take that same game plan into in Florida State and upset one of your rivals on the road. Give me Florida bouncing back with a big win. Dude, I – I, I follow the logic and I, I believe in the That's logic. That's all I got for you, bro. Logic's yeah. all I got for you. Hey, <laughs> I I just think that Florida State is they're not bad. And no. I think they're better than Florida overall. Uh I think it'll be a close game, but it's at Florida State. And I think, you know, Billy Napier is a good coach, but it's just you're in a really tough league. I mean, this might be his go at that, you know, the next tier of success in his coaching career. But also, I mean, this is really, really tough. And you're sometimes the odds are against you, especially, you know, we just talked about how it's going to be tough if Georgia Tech's a little bit better. Florida State could be on the rise. And now all of a sudden you got <laughs> Georgia and Florida State, and that's a problem. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like I like Florida State, man. But South Carolina at eight Clemson. People, people are always wilding about this one. And, uh, in the upstate and it's in Clemson. So how you feeling? This one, Dude, this I, one's right where you at. Like, so I, I think Clemson is going to probably edge. Um, exactly. Okay. That Clemson. Yeah, you're right. But at the same, that's just historically what happens. If they, if all of a sudden they play up to the competition, usually Clemson shows out, but Hey, South Carolina is playing their best football Man, I definitely don't not see this upset happening because South Carolina's on the rise. Clemson to me has gotten lucky all season. So mm -hmm. they're they're asking for this upset. So don't but at the same time, I think they're gonna probably get a little lucky like like they do. And then all of a sudden all their five stars remember what they were rated before they came into Clemson and they'll play great. So uh I'm gonna take Clemson, but I mean, I'm I'm on the fence. I just kind of think it probably was going to go that way, but I could see so I, sixty. That seems like an anomaly. What do you think? I, the reason I'm saying that is because I think it was an anomaly. But at the same time, what if what if you just woke up a sleeping giant? Now I don't I don't think it was an anomaly at all. I think the okay. same reason the same reason South Carolina did what they did to Tennessee is because Tennessee's not had Tennessee doesn't have a good defense. They've never had a good defense, and they got exposed, and with the injury, they couldn't keep up on the offensive end. Clemson does have a good defense. They have talent over there. They have a great defensive line, probably one of the best as far as uh, NFL prospects. South Carolina is not going to have the time or the talent to do all of that. So I at home, give, give me Clemson just for the defense. Okay, okay, okay. Fifth, number 15, Notre Dame traveling to 
Number six, USC. Another another big playoff game. Another big one. Notre Dame with the defense, but Cali weather. Give me high-powered offense, and I need USC to be number four. So I'm just going to keep it real simple right there. I like that. I like that. Going, going. Trojans. Back, back. Exactly. Let go. I like Trojans, too. Uh, Number five, LSU at Texas A&M. I know it's a dumpster fire there over in Texas Aggieland, but, dude, this is the kind of game where it's that SEC cannibalism. You're playing – at AM, historically a really tough place to play. Maybe looking forward to the SEC championship game when you were not supposed to be here with a brand new coach. So if, hey, if LSU is who they say they are, they're gonna come correct. But at the same time, I, I think this is where Brian Kelly could take one on the chin, get a little hiccup. I I like Texas AM at least being in a really close game, but I'm yeah. putting LSU on upset alert. I'm here. I'm I'm going LSU on upset alert, but let me have them pulling it out. And okay. I just don't know if – because what when we start previewing for the LSU game, it sounds to me like LSU really leans on this quarterback. Can Texas A&M give him problems, make him think a little bit, blitz him? I don't know. But just give me LSU to overcome the obstacles, which will be good for them going into SEC championship game. Hey, and in the last game here, uh, number nine, Oregon traveling to Corvallis to play uh, the Beavers, number 21-ranked Oregon State. I'm I'm gonna say this is gonna be a really close game and Oregon pulls it out, but dude, those beavers are they do not take kindly to the ducks. Those beavers do not take kindly to the ducks. So beavers are gonna rec- beavers are gonna become ball now. <laughs> beavers are gonna ball. So <laughs> but uh who you got in that one, bro? Uh give me Oregon. I really don't know enough about Oregon State to make that call, but um They've oh, had some good wins, and they make our res or our resume look a little bit better. So, hey, hey, and uh, this isn't on the list, but can Auburn can Cadillac Williams uh, pull off an upset against Nick Saban? And if he does, do they have to hire him as head coach? Don't Is you? You're like gonna that? have to talk to the Auburn boosters about that. Those, those <laughs> folk, they do what they want to. That's all I know. I I don't know if they if they were around when if they love Cadillac that much, then yeah. But if not, I just I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. right. That's fair. (laughs) I just figured I'd ask. Well, that's all we got, man. So you can uh, lead us out. For sure. And uh, Auburn, if they don't do Cadillac Williams, watch out for uh, (laughs) unsolicited reports from Lane Kiffin, verifying or denying. (laughs) However that goes. That boy a fool on Twitter. bro. Every three days. I'm telling you. But yeah, uh, Dog Nation, it's been a blast. Keegan, I appreciate you. You guys make sure you check out our our guest series this week with Chris Singleton, a.k.a. De La Hoya, a.k.a. De La, a.k.a. La Hole. <laughs> We're going to chop it up about the playoff picture. We're going to chop it up about Georgia Tech, since he used to be a Tech fan, is a little bit plugged into that side of things. And then also, we want to hear not only your guys, use use guys's use guys's favorite thanksgiving meals but we're gonna ask chris the same what main what dishes are the mainstays and what sides have to be there stuffing dressing cranberry sauce chicken i mean yeah chicken mm. turkey ham i don't know a whole lot of going a whole lot of stuff going on but as always guys thank you and you know what it is off the leash <laughs> Dogs.
for the dogs. I do it 